the person that you're having sex with probably wants to be a sex god, right? Everyone wants to be a sex god. You really have to trust and you have to make yourself vulnerable. Hi, I'm Wendy Miller, and you're entering a world gone good. Hello, and welcome to World Gone Good. My name is Steve, and I'm so happy you're here today. World Gone Good gets gooder. It's a word. Look it up. No, don't. Just trust me. By listeners like you who subscribe, rate, review, and share with your friends. So, if you know someone who needs some more good, or you can't think of anything to post on your social media account right now, well, we are here for you. You just make it about us. Spread the good of World Gone Good. Today's episode starts with a warning. We are about to partake in adult conversation. So if you are not an adult, or if you're just incredibly immature, no judgments, plan accordingly. I'll give you a minute to hit your pause and or finish giggling. So what is our adult conversation about? S-E-X. That's right, kids. Today's show is all about the good of good sex. And while I could regale you in tales of my own which you probably don't want to hear about, I think it's probably, again, probably, best to bring in an expert, my friend and former landlord, Wendy Miller, from Sex Ed, the musical, the podcast. So do me a favor for anyone listening, tell them about yourself, tell them a little bit of your history and and why you are qualified, more than qualified, to talk about sex. Well, I think everybody's qualified to talk about sex. It just defi- it just depends what qualified means. Um, so I was just a regular TV producer, comedy writer, your basic um, TV weirdo. And uh, I worked for The Oprah Show, The Wayne Brady Show. I worked at NBC for 150,000 years. I wrote a lot of jingles that you probably hated. And I wrote the commercials in The Tonight Show for a while, and I wrote three specials for TV Land on the history of African Americans in television. I worked a lot in TV. And at one point when I was pretty sure my career was ending, I got an offer to head up programming at Playboy TV. And they were looking to create shows that would keep couples sexually in sync. They'd called it TV for Two, and they needed someone to come in who could develop it and understood what women wanted to see and had the right taste level and wasn't afraid of dirty stuff. And, you know, it basically came down to me and no one else. And so I took the job. And in the seven years that I was head of programming at Playboy TV, my life, my understanding of sex, my marriage, I changed in ways I never expected. (laughs) And it was a lot of fun. (laughs) I knew you were going to add. I knew it. I knew it wasn't a bad thing. (laughs) Definitely not a bad thing. So what is the key? What is the secret? How do you have good sex? Well, first of all, what does good mean to different people? Exactly. For, for some people, good sex might be Saturday night, lights off between 10 and 10, 12, and uh, everybody's done, and then you take a shower and you go to sleep. That could be that could be great sex for some people. For other people, that might involve some sort of kink, or that might involve some sort of role playing, or that might involve some sort of costumes. Everybody's different, so good sex depends on what you think good sex is. There's no baseline as long as it's consensual. It's fine. They always say it's like pizza. When it's good, it's really good, and when it's bad, it's still pretty good. I mean, yeah, for the most part. 
what advice do you give um, people in a relationship where they aren't getting the sex they want, where the sex isn't, quote unquote, the good that they need it to be? Well, first of all, it all comes down to communication. I know this sounds super corny and hokey, but really, the more you can sit with your partner, hopefully not in bed, and say, you know, just kind of do a regular sexual check-in. And, you know, maybe kind of outside or get some wine and some cheese and some Count Chocula, whatever makes you happy. And the two of you sit there and you say, you know, let's do a check-in. It's kind of like a, sort of like a regular checkup. Um, are you happy with the sex we're having? Are, do you want something else? Would you like to try something else? And you have to be open to this and you have to be supportive. You have to listen and you can't get defensive and you have to just kind of talk this out because it's hard and it's scary. And imagine if you want to try something and for years you've wanted to try it, but you've been afraid. And I say to people, the person that you're having sex with probably wants to be a sex god, right? Everyone wants to be a sex god. So if you actually give them the tools and you say to your partner, I would really like it if you pulled my hair. That would really excite me. You're telling them how to get you off. There's a very good chance they're going to be like, done, and not, oh, you're a pervert. Like, you know, you really have to trust and you have to make yourself vulnerable. It's just like anything else. You must be vulnerable and you must be honest. And from there, you will get to a point where you're having really good sex with your partner because you're open, you're talking about it, and you're sharing what you want to try. I think that's so true because I think that even in relationships I've been in, I've been afraid to say what I want. Everybody is. Yes. Do you think that that comes from our upbringing and is it a generational thing where it's different by the generations and the openness and the family and how it was discussed or not discussed? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you think it's the upbringing that does that? That's a lot of it. You know, again, it, it all depends on the individual. Some people are just terrified of rejection. Right. Some people are afraid of outing themselves as a perv. And, you know, if you, you let's say you're in a heterosexual marriage and your husband comes up to you as a woman and says, I would really like it if you pegged me. Right. So first of all, as a woman in a heterosexual marriage, you might think, oh, my God, my husband is gay. And you might start freaking out. Okay, wait, 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 wait. You're going to have to you're going to have to go everyone's Googling what that means. So can you give a definition? <laughs> OK, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so pegging, which I think the term was coined on Dan Savage's show, um, it's basically a man being penetrated right. anally. And it's, you know, for some reason, it's called pegging when he's straight, but it's called sex when he's gay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in the definition. But we're talking in this term, we're talking at hetero, hetero abnormative terms uh, here. So, no. So, yeah, if imagine what the, the the guy has to make himself super vulnerable to ask his wife, hey, I would like to feel what it feels like to be penetrated. You know, I'd like to feel my... I'd like to feel what it feels against my prostate. I would like to feel that sensation and I would like to have you on top of me, railing me. You know, imagine how difficult that would be for most guys to say. Yeah, totally. Even gay guys, right? Yeah, totally. But I would be willing to bet that that straight man tried it himself already with his own abilities in the shower or wherever and it did something 
Do you know what I'm saying? As opposed to, yeah. don't you think as opposed to just being like, oh, I had this curious thought where they tried it on their own and now they want someone to be, you know, part of it with them, especially the person they're most into and having a relationship with. I'm going to like totally oversimplify everything and say, y'all need to get over your hangups. Okay. Because basically <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you are straight or gay or asexual or bisexual or whatever. This is just about pleasure and fun. Right. And if it's consensual and you're with someone who wants to play with you, it doesn't really matter what your Aunt Mildred would think of you. Your Aunt Mildred died years ago, okay? She's gone. And you can't live your entire life worried about what your Aunt Mildred might think of you. You have to live your life and live your sex life for yourself. And that's a lot of bravery. I mean, it's real easy for me to sit here and say, oh, just do this. I mean, obviously, this is very difficult. And some people never get to this point. But if you really think about it in terms of, would you let your Aunt Mildred choose the color that you paint your bedroom? No. Would you let your Aunt Mildred tell you what job you're supposed to take? No. Would your Aunt Mildred tell you who you get to blow? Well, no. Like, why does it matter? Own your sex life. Take it back for yourself. And if it's consensual, have fun. I agree with you on that. And I think that's also a comfortability within ourselves, um, over time, because you know, like when you start a relationship, everyone's like, "Oh, you know, this used to be the the best behavior, right?" Well, also, but when you start a relationship, that the sex is never better than it is in the first, you know, six weeks, six months. And it was funny because so many relationships I had, and I'm gay, the sex was incredible for the first. It was like that for the first four to six months, but then I got scared to show more peel more the onion back right i got scared and i was afraid it's going so well no 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 no. just keep doing the same thing and then that person and it shifted right well you went you you're already making you're already making an assumption that's false the sex in your relationship is not downhill from the first six months right okay right the closer you can get with each other the more you can share with each other the more you can become vulnerable with each other and try new things the better your sex is going to get your sex life can get better and better and better every year. It really can. But you have to put yourself out there. Um, he'll kill me. No, he won't because he doesn't care. My husband and I, um, last week, we I called it we leveled up because you know, there's so much stress going on for everyone between COVID and fires here and race relations across the country and um, – um, politics and everything that's going on that everyone's under so much stress right now. And we kind of hit a, you know, one of the valleys, Mm -hmm. you know, in the peaks and valley times of marriage, Mm -hmm. as you know, you've been married, I've been married 13 years. And I was afraid to say what I wanted because I felt like we hit this wall. And I was like, literally pacing the house. Like, why don't I, what am I afraid of? What is wrong? Why am I afraid? Like, what is wrong with me? I'm a 50 year old man who's been in a relationship for 13 years and I wanted to get better. And I just texted him because that's the safer way, right? Because that's what the kids, millennials will do it. But I texted him saying, so I had this thought and he wrote me back a 110% yes response. And then we just started texting back and forth about it. And then he came home and, and things happened. Yeah, sure. And then later the next day he was talking to me and he said, 
I feel this giant weight has been lifted off of me. I'm like, that's how I feel. I I'm now at this mm-hmm. point having the best time because I just like, I'm like, what was I so afraid to say in the last, you know, since March 10th. <laughs> right. 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 But, but here's the thing, right? You, you guys love each other. You've been together for a long time. You're in a stable relationship. And yet here you are a 50 year old man still pacing back and forth because you are afraid to ask for something that you want to try. Exactly. And what, why were you afraid? What was at the, what was at the core of that? Um, I think, I mean, it comes back to me, uh, just based on how I was raised is the shameful feelings that come in. And I think that's probably common for a lot of people, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was afraid, obviously, of rejection or being told. I was most afraid because he's been under so much stress that he would be like, oh, my God, I'm under all the stress. Why would you bring this up right now that I'm failing in this other area or that I'm not good enough in this other area? And the exact opposite happened. Yep. That's right. That's right. Because, as I said earlier, everybody wants to be the sex monster, right? You want to like you want to walk around in your house knowing I can fucking kill my husband in bed. <laughs> I know everything he wants and I can destroy him. I'm a fucking beast, right? Everybody right. wants that. And imagine if the person actually goes up to the beast and says, "Hey beast, if you lick my third toe, it's going to fucking blow my mind." You've just helped them become a sex god, and you're getting exactly what you want. Right, right. But it's scary because you might think, oh, my God, he's going to leave me because he thinks that I have a foot fetish and I'm weird. He's going to leave me. Right, right. He hasn't hasn't left you yet. (laughs) No, I know. I've given him way more reasons to leave me. And it's so funny because, like, like in my career, in my life, in my friendships, I'm bold and fearless. And then I was like, why? I literally, why am I scared? To, I'm just going to fucking write this. Like, what's the word? Like, I'm already ready for him to, I was already ready to be told no and bad and go to your room <laughs> like a child. <laughs> right. But then, then like, like many other things in our life, the opposite happened. So on that, on that note, how do long-term couples keep the sex good? Well, Okay, we have to first of all accept that most marriages end in divorce, right? So is that because of sex? I mean, if you think about it, I've been with my husband for 31 years. 31 years. The man is a a saint, that man. (laughs) Yeah, he is. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, honestly, I tell my friends it's very easy to keep a man happy because guys only want three things. Food. sex and to be left alone (laughs) and honestly i was waiting i was waiting for the third i knew what the first two were i'm like what's the third and honestly (laughs) you don't even have to give them all three you people (laughs) you people are good with two or one and a half most of the time you are and that's true because you don't cook you don't don't cook cook. (laughs) (laughs) but the fact is You have to be willing to grow with someone. You have to be willing to change with someone. You have to be willing to put yourself out there. Now, a lot of people get married for the wrong reason, and they shouldn't stay married. Every marriage should not last 50 years. Some of them should last about 14 minutes. So, you know, having a long marriage is not the goal. Having a happy marriage is the goal. And that might, you know, that's as long as it is. So... 
I think it's it's just really important that you guys check in with each other as often as possible, and you you know you manage your expectations and you realize that not everybody's on the same page all the time. I mean, I I host a podcast about sex. I write about sex all day long. There have been times when I've gone six months without having sex. I mean, a lot of people would freak out, but we still really love each other. There's just sometimes there's some really stressful shit going on in the world. Hello. And it's difficult. But if you're still close to each other and you're still having fun with each other and you're still communicating with each other, sex isn't everything. It's just part of it that makes it fun. It's exactly what I was talking about before. I call it peaks and valleys. And it's only people who have been in a relationship that I've found for more than a certain amount of time. I'm in a really in love with their spouse or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever they are. And when I say peaks and valleys, they go, yeah. And they agree with you right away. You know what I mean? You understand it. It's not all like you have this idea of like, oh my God, it's going to be all peaks. And you're like, no, (laughs) then, then, then it's not peaks. Then it's just flat. (laughs) You have to have a valley. And one valley, two valley, a hundred thousand valleys over a 30 year period does not mean it's over. Right. It's just about growth, you know? Now, you made a great segue here because I want to talk about this. You have your own podcast. I am a listener of. Tell us about your podcast. My podcast is called Sex Ed the Musical. and Sing it. You have to sing it like your people. (laughs) No, I have amazing jingles performed by real singers, uh, and it's so much fun. Masturbation and orgasm. You never have to fake. If you've got a problem, we've got a fix. Let's get dirty. Dildos loom, a life-size blow-up guy. Here are some sex toys you can try. When I first created it, I was I was kind of at this place in my career where I just I couldn't figure anything out, and I kept going up for jobs that for which I would be perfect in the past, and it just wasn't working, and I couldn't understand what was going on. And I was talking to a shaman, and she said to me, "What do you want to do with your life?" And I said, I want to help women and laugh all day. And she said, okay, do that. I was like, what? (laughs) Wait a minute, huh? And so I thought, I'm just going to start a podcast. And I'm just going to share all this great information that I've learned over the years and amazing people that I know and share them with people and have a lot of fun with it and have, you know, tell a lot of jokes about sex because sex for some people is like so holy and fuck that. It's funny. It's funny when you fart during sex. It's not a big deal. And so I created this podcast where I basically talk to really funny people who are doing really interesting things in the world of sex. And I'm having a blast with it. I just spoke, I just interviewed a woman uh, all about asexuality, which is on the sexuality spectrum, just like homosexuality, heterosexuality, bisexuality, asexuality is right there. And a lot of people don't realize that. They think, well, I've lost my sex drive. There's something wrong with me. I'm broken. Nope. That might just be how you are. And so it's really bringing understanding. And it's funny. It started out, I started out doing the show for women. And then it got this huge gay following for which I am very, very grateful. And now a lot of guys and a lot of women are finding the show. So I'm just having a great time. It's like my own little TV clubhouse. You know, I've worked for so many different networks, producing so many shows for so many other people. Now I finally get to do whatever I want. And I'm having a great time. 
Where does someone find your podcast? Uh, anywhere where podcasts are. You can find it on Spotify. It's on iTunes. It's on every, anywhere it's available. Uh, or you can just go to sexedthemusical.com, and you can hear my podcast there. But um, it's available where you find all your best podcasts. I'm going to ask you three. Well, the one question you just answered. I'm going to ask you two questions to walk away with. You can answer these any way you want. They don't have to be about this topic. It's whatever comes to okay. you. Here's question one, number one, that we like to go out with. Who inspires you? Who inspires me? You know, that kind of changes on a daily basis because I'm inspired as a writer. I'm inspired as a podcaster. I'm inspired by honesty. I'm inspired by my 93-year-old next-door neighbor who survived the Holocaust. I'm inspired by a lot of different people, and it, it really changes based on the situation. So not I don't have one answer for that. It all depends on the situation. Okay. Um, again, this doesn't have to be about what we're talking about today's topic, but simple to go out on, tell me something good. You can live the sex life of your dreams. You absolutely can. All you have to do is give yourself permission to be vulnerable and ask for what you want from your partner or live the truth that you want to live. And you can be very, very happy. And it's not that difficult. You can do it. Thank you, Wendy, for sharing your sexdom. That's wisdom. And I just replaced the whiz with some sex. Haha. <laughs> you can find Wendy's show, Sex Ed the Musical, the podcast, wherever you pod. Next time on World Gone Good. I am like the introvertiest of the introverts. Um, I'll stumble over words. I can't think of the word that I mean. I don't have that problem when I'm writing. The first thing I always say is get in a writer's group. That was what did it for me, and that's what I've seen do it for a lot of other people as well. They say we all have a good story to tell, but how many of us take the time to write it down? I'm talking to two of my good author friends, Courtney Sevis and Eric Poole, about everything from their creative spark to overcoming writer's block. It's going to be a good old talk about books and stuff. I hope you'll join me. Until then, be good. <laughs>